Welcome to the Karis Christian Center podcast. I want to talk about the power of the blessing tonight. This is something I believe that God put on my heart specifically for tonight, specifically for everyone who's here tonight or watching right now. I believe this is a word for you um, because God told me to share it tonight and tonight only. So this is the power of the blessing. So if you have your Bible, you can turn to Psalm 5, verse 12. If you like to highlight, if you like to underline, if you like to put stickers in your Bible, I don't know, this is a good one to, to, to remember and to, to just um, anchor at the center of your heart. But the Bible here says uh, in Psalm 5, verse 12, for you, O Lord, will bless the righteous with favor you will surround him as with a shield. I love that. You, O oh Lord, will bless the righteous. As I was kind of thinking about this, God spoke to me something about the blessing and the power of the blessing. The blessing of the Lord leads to these two things. One or the other are both things. The blessing of the Lord always leads to these two things. Supernatural favor and supernatural protection. So even in the midst of opposition, even in the midst of darkness, even in the midst of seething enemies against you, and they are out there. Some of them are, are you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy, actually. Um, but even in the midst of opposition, seething opposition, the Lord will give you either or both supernatural favor or supernatural protection. So favor, it's talking about pleasure, delight, goodwill, and acceptance. So when God is saying that you will bless the righteous with favor, you will surround him as with a shield, that's favor from God to protect you, but, the, but he also gives you favor with man, with people who shouldn't even like you. So say this with me. I have favor with God. I have favor with man. And I have a good understanding. You know, I, I've been in, in some circumstances where I, I stuck out like a sore thumb. But I, I would say that walking in, into these buildings, walking into these places that I have favor with God, I have favor with man, and I have a good understanding. God gives supernatural favor. I was listening to Marilyn Hickey talk one time about how she loves, for, for, for decades she, she would pray for every every country in the world. She had a, a system where she prayed over a certain number of countries every day, but she'd pray over, I think, every country one by one throughout the course of a week. But, but one country that was always heavy on her heart that she just loved to pray for was Pakistan. And she goes to Pakistan as, as a white woman going to a Muslim country, and millions of people show up and, and just, just love her and adore her. She's like a queen there. And she just talks about it. She loves it, and they, I love the people of Pakistan, she says, and they love me. There is no reason why they should love a white Christian woman in Pakistan. The Pakistanis hate, hate people from India. And they're just their neighbors. They look the same, but hey, they're, they're Muslims, so we're going to hate them. Or they're, they're Hindu there. We're Muslim. They're Hindu. We're, so we're just going to... So really, they should hate her a lot more, but she says, people love me. They, they, they show up, hundreds of thousands of people come to her crusades. Well, that is supernatural favor. Woo! There, there's going to be some crazy opposition against the church, crazy opposition against believers, crazy opposition against the spirit of truth that's placed in you. 
But God is either going to give you supernatural favor or supernatural protection because his blessing is upon you. Do not live in fear. Now is not the time to hide in a cave. Now is the time to rise up. The blessing of the Lord is upon you. And if you know that, you're going to live courageously. You're going to live like the word of God is true. You're going to live like Psalm 112 verses 1 through 3 is true. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. His descendants will be mighty on the earth. I am mighty upon this earth. When I walk, I'm not running away. I'm not a coward. I'm not a victim. I'm not defeated. I am more than a conqueror. I am mighty upon this earth. My descendants will be mighty upon this earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in his house. Wealth and riches will be in my house. I will not make an excuse for it. I'm a wealthy man. I'm a rich man. I'm going to continue to grow. Glory to God. I will not be criticized for it because the word of God says that he wants to bless me. He wants me to be mighty upon the earth. He wants my children to be mighty upon the earth. And wealth and riches will be in his house and his righteousness endures forever. If you know the blessing of the Lord is upon you, you are not going to whimper, you are not going to cower, you're not going to whine, you are going to live courageously because the Bible says in Daniel eleven thirty two, the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. They will not back down, they will not hide, they will not cower, they will not fear, they shall do great exploits. There are a lot of exploits to do for the kingdom today. God wants, wants his people. He wants Jesus. He wants his kingdom. He wants his church to inherit the nations. Amen. Amen. So he wants to, that blessing, it will lead to supernatural favor and supernatural protection. Proverbs 16, verse 7, when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. So when when people out there are being crazy, when when the spirit of of the world, when when that stuff is flaring up, when people are just completely nuts, keep being people of integrity. Keep trusting God. If people wrong you, if people despise you, if people persecute you, if people just hate you, if people seethe against you, they're either going to supernaturally fall in love with you or God's going to supernaturally protect you from them. Keep being people of integrity. Keep trusting God. He's going to take care of you. He's going to work it out. Just let him take care of it. Several years ago, I ran into an old high school teacher I had. I had in my junior year... um, and um, this man wasn't a believer. He was a good man, but not a believer. He actually had me, my middle brother, and my youngest brother, all of us, two years apart. We were all two years apart. He had all of us for junior English. And he just made this statement to me. He said, you know, I really didn't want to like you, Purdue's, <laughs> But I just couldn't help but love you all. What? And when he said that, something kind of struck me. And gosh, that's supernatural favor. You know, there's, there's no reason why this guy should really like me, like my, certainly not my younger brothers. They're not as likable as me. 
But that's supernatural favor. So my first point tonight is this. Supernatural favor. You will not be empty-handed. You will not be empty-handed. Let's go to Exodus 3. Exodus 3. I'm going to skip down to verse 21. This is, um, comes from the account where God is speaking to Moses audibly from the burning bush. You know, Moses grew up as a prince in Egypt for 40 years and lived in the desert, kind of hiding away from Pharaoh, from the Egyptians for 40 years. So this is at the end of his kind of cowering period, running away period. God is saying, I'm gonna, you are going to deliver these people. I'm going to do it with a mighty, with an outstretched arm. Or I'm going to take them to a land flowing with milk and honey. They're going to heed your voice. Um, but at the end of this, this, I find this kind of interesting. At the very end of, of what God is speaking um, to Moses, he says this in verse 21. He said, I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, and it shall be when you go that you shall not go empty-handed. Say, I shall not go empty-handed. But every woman shall ask of her neighbor, namely of her who dwells near her house, articles of silver, articles of gold, and clothing. So this is kind of interesting that after all these great things that, that God is speaking to Moses, he's saying, hey, by the way, it's kind of a little P.S. By the way, I'm leaving this for the end because it's, it's a little strange. It's a little, when, when y'all are leaving your slave masters, these people who have oppressed you, held you in bondage, kept you from serving me for 400 years. By the way, when, when you're leaving them, after I've, I've stretched out my mighty hand against them, you're to ask them for their jewelry. Ask them to, to open up their safe, give you their, their nicest things. Um, by the way, I like those shoes you've been wearing. Why don't you give those to me too? And you shall put, I love this, you shall put them on your sons and on your daughters. Your descendants will be mighty upon them. God wants to clothe the next, a lot of people are very fearful about the next generation. Very afraid about the opposition facing the next generation. God wants to, to provide supernatural favor for the next generation. I want you to take, take that gold, take that silver, take that fine clothing, and put it on your kids. And some of y'all will die off. Only two of you will make it, who are over the age of 20. But all your children, who are wearing that, that fine jewelry, they're going to walk into the promised land with that on. It's a little strange. You know, I, I, have, I have an eight-year-old and a one-and-a-half-year-old. You know, and I, I, like, I like nice things. I, I buy and sell nice watches. My, my son Fisher knows I do that, and, he, and so he's kind of, he likes watches now. You know, I, I bought him a, a $10 watch from Walmart. Within three days, this thing is completely destroyed. <laughs> I'm like, how, how can you, like, smash the glass and rip the leather and... Like, I, I don't know how that's even possible. Within three days, right? Within three days. I got it to him for Easter. And then I, I, um, I, I got this really cool um, vintage uh, stopwatch. Everyone just uses, you know, lasers now, but, but back 
Decades ago, you had to have a nice stopwatch if you're like a ref, an umpire at a track meet. So I got a nice um, Breitling stopwatch. He's like, oh, that's so cool. Can I have that, Dad? I'm thinking, I'm thinking like this verse, hey, give your nice things to your kids. I'm like, <laughs> why, why did God want the, you know, hey, ask, ask your, your captors, ask these people who've been, you know, oppressing you for 40 years, and you're just going for, ask them for, for all their nice jewelry, all their nice watches, all their nice, I guess, sundials, I don't know. <clears throat> your Rolex sundial, just... <clears throat> but put them on your kids. God, God wants to, to bless not only you, he wants to free you, but, but he wants to just shower the next generation with, with supernatural favor. A lot of people get so worried about their kids. Trust that, that God will, the blessing of the Lord is not upon you only, but also upon your kids. And yes, your kids will be in the midst of opposition, but they're going to have incredible supernatural favor and incredible supernatural protection. And for for those kids, that's a reminder. When they're leaving the house of bondage, going to the promised land, going to a better, we already got all the good stuff. We don't need to go back there. Right, the parents are saying, well, we miss the cucumbers, we miss the leeks, we miss, we miss the garlic. The kids are like, well, I got the gold, I got the silver, I got, I got the goods. You, you can go back for that, you can go back for the cucumber, but hey, I'm, I'm wearing the gold chains. There's, we already took all the good stuff from Egypt. I'm not going back to the house of bondage. I'm moving forward. Jesus has set me free. His promises are yes and amen. I'm going into that promised land. His favor is upon me. His favor is upon my children. The next generation is clothed with supernatural favor. I'm not going to worry about the devil taking my kids. I'm marked with something more powerful than the mark of the beast. My children are marked with something more powerful than the mark of the beast. Someone called the church because they saw someone call and their, their phone number had the 666 in it. <laughs> I'm not worried about 666 because the blood of the lamb is upon me. The blood of the lamb is upon this house, upon this church. Devil is a, he is under my feet. Stop being so weird all the time. Charismatic people can be so screwy. You're not being super supernatural. You're being superstitious. You're just being weird. It's very superstitious. That's not, superstition is not faith. Don't waste my time with your superstitious nonsense. Amen. I'm sorry. We got we got exploits to do. Amen.
calling, calling someone worrying about their phone number is not an exploit. That's just ridiculous. I'm gonna write a book someday. Can't do it yet. It's not past the you know, etiquette to share some stories, but I, I break the etiquette all the time, apparently. Someday I'll write a book and, and you'll day in the life of pastoral ministry. So. <laughs> Raising people from the dead one day. Yeah, someone, someone had a heart attack and just slumped over without a heartbeat. Sunday. Pastor Lawson prayed over them, came back to life. Went, went to the hospital, did, did full tests for, for all day, all night. Nothing wrong. Amen? That's awesome. That's really awesome. That, that's, that's what I consider to be a great exploit. Right there. Anyways, let, let's, um, let's read about what, what happens here now in Exodus 12, 33. Exodus 12, 33. So this is... Um, after Moses goes back, talks to Pharaoh, Pharaoh says, I'm not going to let your people go. Um, the 10 plagues have happened. They've been hit with the lice, hit with frogs, hit with locusts. Water turned into blood. Livestock dies. People are covered in boils. The firstborn die. And Moses said, oh, P.S., everyone, don't forget to ask your, your former masters for all their nice things. And they do it. That takes some, uh, some guts. Verse 33, the Egyptians urged the people that they might send them out. They're, they're done with them at this point. Send them out of the land in haste, for they said, we shall all be dead. So the people took their dough before it was leavened, having their kneading bowls bound up in their clothes on their shoulders. Now the children of Israel had done according to the word of Moses. So Moses remember what God told them at the burning bush. He probably... I don't know how this is going to go, but I'm going to just tell you, just do it. So they asked from the Egyptians articles of silver, articles of gold, and clothing. And the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, so they granted them what they requested. Thus, they plundered the Egyptians. They were completely plundered, and they probably put the, those, the, that jewelry on, on their children, like God spoke in Exodus 3, and they, they walked out there with all the riches of Egypt. We have supernatural favor. Your children have supernatural favor. Just trust God. Some people get, get a little berserko when it comes to their kids. If your kids are born again, that you rejoice. Rejoice. They might not see everything just like you see everything. They might not do everything just like you do everything. But if they, if they, if they said yes to you, you should rejoice. Because that, that blessing is, if they have Jesus in them, that blessing of the Lord is in them and on them. And they, they, are, they are abounding with supernatural favor and supernatural protection. The world cannot have your children. The devil cannot have your children. If they haven't said yes to Jesus, keep praying for them. Because God wants that, that blessing upon you. He, he wants that to burst onto the next generation. 
We have a God who is into multi-generational blessing. Your descendants will be mighty upon the earth. You can claim that. You can claim that. Supernatural favor. We also have supernatural protection. The power of the blessing gives us supernatural protection. Every curse is quenched. It's my second point. Every curse is quenched. There are people who want to curse you. There are people who want to destroy. There are people who want to curse the church. There are people who want to curse Jesus. You know, at, at the Supreme Court, there, there was a riot going on. And some pro-life people decided to show up. And there, there was a seething rage against them. A seething rage against Christianity. A seething rage against Jesus. The crowd shouted out, F you, F you, F you Jesus, F you Jesus. And began to, to, to attack these people. Every curse, every curse is quenched. The blessing of the Lord, the blessing of the Lord, it's so powerful. It's so powerful. Every fiery dart is quenched. This makes me think about Balak, the king of Moab. The king of Moab, as, as the Israelites were coming to the promised land, he, he had a seething rage against the people of Israel. So he, he hired a prophet by the name of Balaam to curse Israel. But we see in this instant, we, we see all over this story, Numbers 22 through 24, those, those several chapters, we see supernatural protection. So Balaam, Balaam hears, you know, from, I don't know how, but he, he's, he, he's not a person of integrity, but he does hear from God. He does hear the voice of God. But he is not a person of integrity. The, the Bible actually says he was a perverse person. He, he, had, he had a spiritual gift, a supernatural gift, but he, he was not a man of integrity. He was, he was a, a prophet for hire. You can call him and he could, you know, curse someone for you and, and the curse would come to pass. He could tell you what, what was happening. Um, not a man of integrity. But we see supernatural protection all throughout this story. Numbers 22, um, starting in verse 1. Let's just read the, the kind of start of this story. Supernatural protection. And no, no matter how many times the enemy attacks, God, God does not let down his guard. Numbers 22, verse 1 says, The children of Israel moved and camped in the plains of Moab on the side of the Jordan across from Jericho. So they're getting really close. They're, they're just across from, across from Jericho. Now Balak, the son of Zippor, saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites, and Moab was exceedingly afraid of the people because they were many, and Moab was sick with dread because of the children of Israel. So Moab said to the elders of Midian, and this is a picture, man, just people just see the, the people of God just about ready to enter the promised land. They just get sick. 
sick with dread because of the children of Israel. So Moab said to the elders of Midian, now this company will lick up everything around us as an ox licks up the grass of the field. And Balak, the son of Zippor, was king of the Moabites at that time. Then he sent messengers to Balaam, the son of Beor, at Pether, which is near the river in the land of the sons of his people, to call him, saying, look, a people has come from Egypt. See, they cover the face of the earth and are settling next to me. Therefore, please come at once. Curse this people for me, for they are too mighty for me. Perhaps I shall be able to defeat them and drive them out of the land. For I know that he whom you bless is blessed, and he whom you curse is cursed. So he's saying, Balaam, that there's some power that he has. And the Lord um, just does some really cool things considering supernatural protection. He actually places an angel in the path blocking Balaam. An angel with a sword drawn, ready to, to just smack down Balaam. But God, God still shows grace to Balaam, which is kind of fascinating. And, and um, lets his donkey see what's going on. So maybe some people are, are there are some Balaams in the world today, but maybe their donkeys will start seeing, start being a little more logical than they are. If your level of perception is less than that of a donkey, you're, you're in trouble. And I think, I think in, the, in the world today, there are some people whose logic, people whose thinking, pe- people whose reasoning, people's, it's less than that of a donkey. And I'm using the, the New King James language tonight. But the donkey speaks up <laughs> to warn. This, this is a supernatural thing. Hey, don't, don't hit me. Stop beating me. I'm actually a good donkey here. I'm trying to save your life. Why are you doing this to me? I want to see that instant replay when I get to heaven someday. Hey, God. I want to watch it in slow-mo on the, on the big screen. The donkey said in, you know, Numbers 22, verse 3, the donkey said to him, am I not your donkey in which you have ridden ever since I became yours to this day? Was I ever disposed to do this to you? And he said, no. So he answers the donkey. But then the Lord opens Balaam's eyes, which I'm glad, because I'm glad there wasn't like a huge, long dialogue between the donkey and Balaam. It probably would have gotten a little ridiculous, so. But Balaam then saw this angel, and the angel of the Lord said, you know, why have you struck your donkey? He's actually saved your life, because your way is perverse before me. They had this conversation. Um, Balaam ends up going down the road. Anyways, the angel said, well, if you continue, you just have to, do, you have to say exactly what I say. And Balaam, you know, he probably is going to do exactly what God tells him to say after seeing the angel of the Lord with the sword drawn and his donkey talking to him. Um, so Balaam... You know, Balak takes him up to a place where he can see all of Israel. He's like, all right, I've hired you to do this thing. Curse. Curse him. And he just can't do it. He just blesses him. You know, four times, curse him. He just keeps blessing him every time. I like what he says in the, in the second uh, blessing, the second prophecy. This is Numbers 23, verse 19. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said and will he not do? Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? Behold, I received a command to bless. He has blessed and I cannot 
reverse it. The blessing of the Lord is irreversible. No man can reverse that blessing. No demon in hell can reverse that blessing. No, no one's phone number can reverse that blessing. I am blessed by the Almighty God, the possessor of heaven and earth. He said, they, they are going into that promised land. God, God, God is not a man that he should lie. Joshua put it this way, not a single word failed of every good thing that the Lord spoke. Not a single word failed. Balaam, Balaam probably really wanted to curse them. He really wanted that money. But he can only bless every time. There are going to be some people who just continually rebuke God, rebuke his people, rebuke truth, just live in outright rebellion. God will protect. He will protect you. He will protect your children. He will protect his church. He will protect his bride. Every curse is quenched. The blessing of the Lord is greater than any curse from the enemy. So even though the enemy might shout, scream, seethe, God, God gave me this picture, this is maybe a year ago, of, of just the, the, the spirit of the Antichrist. What's going to happen with the spirit of the Antichrist as, as Christ's return comes again soon? And I saw it as like this, this pig squealing. And I, I, I looked up Revelation and just saw kind of what's going to happen. To, to, the, to the Antichrist. The Antichrist is going to be thrown into a lake of fire. The, the, the devil knows this. He knows his time's running out. He knows that, that that fire for him and his angels has been prepared. It's there. So, so as, as he's getting ready to be thrown, he's going to squeal a little. He's going to sound like a stuck pig. I've never, I've never heard the sound of a stuck pig. I'm glad. But there's going to be some squealing going on. Don't let the squealing scare you. Just keep taking the shield of faith, right? Ephesians 6, 16. Above all, take the shield of faith, which will enable you to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Last point is this, and I think this is kind of a prophetic point. For, for a few people here tonight. But it's this. The, the blessing of the Lord is upon your life in a major way. He's giving you supernatural favor, supernatural blessing. I know some of you are dealing with, with some crazy circumstances. Some, 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 maybe some people, even, even believers who just mistreated you, what, let God take care of it. If you know that the blessing of the Lord is upon you, God has a call, he, he's anointed you, he has a destiny for you, if God has called you, just let him do it. I, I see some people get, just fall apart way too easily. Believers can fall apart way too easily, believe it or not. Even Pastor Aaron from time to time has been known to fall apart way too easily. 
If a believer who has that blessing of the Lord upon them, supernatural favor, supernatural protection, and falls apart way too easily, it's, it's for usually one of two, two reasons why. Number one, they're trying to do what God has called them to do in their own strength. Number two, they struggle with insecurity. They're placing their value in what other people think about them. Another person's head is a bad place to put your happiness. I'm happy, I'm important because God says so. My value is based upon what he says about me. So if I'm mistreated, if things aren't looking good, I'm just gonna keep trusting God. I'm gonna let him take care of it. And God, God spoke to me as I was reading through 1 um, Samuel recently about, about David and Saul. David was anointed by God. He, he, he was a person of integrity. And at this point in his life, he did all the right things. He, he, um, he did a lot of good things for Saul, actually. You know, he, he helped out Saul multiple times. He helped Saul by, by killing Goliath and saving Saul's army. He also, you know, Saul would be troubled with evil spirits. David would go and play the harp. And, and, and you know, the, the evil spirits would leave. And, and while he's playing the harp, Saul would throw a spear at him. You know, I, 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 I'm a musician. I've been hired to play for people before. I, I haven't always been treated right, but no one's ever thrown a spear at me as I'm playing the flute for them. Praise God. At least not in this church. You know, he was uh, severely mistreated. He, he was a, a great person. Saul should have liked him. He was best friends with Jonathan, his kid. You know, he was anointed. He had a divine call upon his life. Um, but one thing I loved about David, he, he knew that if God has really called me, God is going to make this happen. And David actually had multiple times to kind of settle the score for himself, to take matters into his own hands, say, God, God has called me to be king. He's anointed me. Saul has mistreated me severely. Multiple times, he had, twice he had the opportunity to, to just kill Saul right then and there. And probably could have been king. But I, I, love, I love what um, kind of happens in the, the second instance when, when this opportunity presented itself for him to kill Saul. Well, let's read about it in 1 Samuel 26. 1 Samuel 26. We'll start in verse 1. 1 Samuel 26. I won't read the whole thing here. Um, I'll try to save a little time. So Saul has an army of 3,000 people chasing after David. David, um, God is just giving him supernatural protection big time. The favor thing wasn't really working out with Saul, but God gave him supernatural protection. Right? I said you're, you're going to have supernatural favor and supernatural protection. And if the favor thing doesn't work out, God will at least give you supernatural protection. So there, there is zero favor with Saul. So God gave him incredible supernatural protection. But still kept giving him supernatural favor. Like, like David had supernatural favor to, to live with the Philistines. Again, he, he killed Goliath. He, he killed many thousands of Philistines. He took Philistine foreskins to marry, you know, be betrothed. Like the Philistines shouldn't like David. 
But God gave him supernatural favor for the Philistines to protect him. Kind of, supernatural favor, it's a supernatural thing, right? But with Saul, God was giving him supernatural protection. So Saul, Saul came into this cave, into this area where David was, sleeping with his 3,000 men. Um, David says, hey, I'm going to go in, into the middle of that camp. How, how, that's kind of crazy to think about. To go, to go into the middle of, of this camp with 3,000 men of these guys who've been hunting, hunting you down for years. Just with seething rage. Only do that kind of stuff if God tells you to do it. You know, all, right now, only show up on the courts of the Supreme Court in the midst of, of all these pro-choice people. Uh, only if God's really called you to do it. Um, he goes in there, he... he Abishai, he goes in with one, just one other person, with his servant Abishai. Verse 7, verse 8, Abishai says to David, God has delivered your enemy into your hand. That Saul's right there. His spear's right there. This could be done in two seconds. Let me take care of it for you. God has delivered your enemy into your hand this day. Now, therefore, please let me strike him at once with the spear right to the earth, and I will not have to strike him a second time. But David said to Abishai, I like what he says, do not destroy him, for who can stretch out his hand against the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? He's saying, you know what, I, I'm anointed by God, but he has been anointed. God, he's still alive. I, 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 know, I know someday I will be king. But I want God, God to make it happen. I'm not, I'm not gonna start going by David's plan. Amen. David has a close relationship with God, but he knows, I, I, don't, I don't know everything that God is going to do. I don't know every step of his plan. God might have a curveball there for Saul. I, I don't know. Yeah, he's trying to kill me. It's unfair. He's mistreated me. I don't really like living with the Philistines. But I, I, I don't know I know that God has a call, but I don't know how he's going to bring it to pass. God is going to have to bring it. He is still anointed. And I don't want any guilt to be upon me. David said, furthermore, as the Lord lives, I don't know how it's going to happen, but hey, the Lord will strike him. I don't know how, like something, somehow this guy is going to die. The Lord will strike him. Or he's just going to get old and die. Or he's going to go out to battle and perish. I don't know, but, but he's not going to die at my hand. And I'm not going to be king through my own strength and my own power. And it's going to be a God thing. And, and when people see it happen, they're going to know that it's God. So David, he, he knew that the blessing of the Lord was upon him. He had supernatural favor, supernatural protection. And he also lived with this attitude. I'm going to let God take care of it. So I'm not, I'm not, I don't have to, to be offended. I don't have to take matters into my own hand. I don't have to fight my own battles because the blessing of the Lord is upon my life and God's going to take care of it. You know, when I, when I was in um, Pittsburgh going to school, there were two older, older ladies that kind of adopted me. They, they became my spiritual grandmothers. They would drive me um, back to campus after church every Sunday. This one woman, her name was Carol. Um, I think she was close to 80 at the time when I went to school about 12 years ago, or 15 years ago, sorry, I, I'm, I'm getting older than that. 15 years ago. 
she was probably 75, 76. Carol, um, she, she was on the, the staff of the church. She was over pastoral care. She's actually over 90 now and still works for this church doing pastoral care. But she, she kind of told me um, some of her life story. Um, so she, she um, married a man who is Greek, and Carol was not Greek. And in Pittsburgh, there's, there's different ethnicities. You know, the, the steel industry brought in a lot of very proud immigrants from Poland, from Ireland, from Greece, from Italy, and they're still in their camps today. But she, she married this boy who was Greek, and, and his mother was very mad that she was not Greek. She was so mad, she said, I'm not even going to come to the funeral. But then she thought, well, to, sorry, to the, to the wedding. <laughs> which is a type of funeral. You die to yourself and become one flesh. <clears throat> I'm not even gonna come to the wedding. But the last minute she decided to show up and we're all black. <laughs> I'm gonna treat this as a funeral. For decades, just treated her like dirt. But Carol, Carol just said, you know, God just told me not, not you know what, I, I'm going to honor this person. They might hate me, they might feel this rage, but I'm going I'm to honor this person, my mother-in-law, for my husband's sake, for, for God's sake. I'm just going to honor this. I'm not going to fight back. Decades. And uh, the, the mother-in-law got older and got very ill, so ill she had to be permanently hospitalized. But Carol was a, a full-time nurse. So she actually... Um, stepped down from her job to, to be a full-time at-home nurse for her mother-in-law. So her mother didn't have to just live the last several months of her life in a hospital. She could live at home because there was a 24-7 nurse there. And, and God completely changed the heart of that mother-in-law towards Carol. Complete, and she blessed her and it's, it's like all that hate, all that rage, all that stuff that went on for decades was just washed away. And um, something kind of neat happens in this, in this story here in 1 Samuel 26. You know, um, David had the opportunity to just wipe out Saul. Probably part of him in his flesh he really wanted to, but God, he knew God was speaking to him and said, just don't do that. He takes the spear, takes the jug, you know, walks across the valley to the other side and yells out, hey, Abner, you know, the commander of Saul's army, you, you are very bad at your job. Just, you know, your, your boss should fire you because I could have killed Saul. You're an idiot. He kind of mocks him. And um, Saul here is going and, and speaks up and, and um, David said, hey, I had the chance to kill you, Saul, but I didn't do it. And... Um, the last, the last words that um, Saul speaks over David, it's kind of interesting. Verse 21, 1 Samuel 26, verse 21. Saul said, I have sinned. Return, my son David, for I will harm you no more because my life was precious in your eyes this day. Indeed, I have played the fool and erred exceedingly. And then he goes on in verse 25 and says to David, may you be blessed, my son David. You shall both do great things and also still prevail. And that's the last account of Saul and David before um, you know, Saul, Saul was wiped out in battle. So 
I think my last point is, is really just let God take care of it. You don't know how he's going to take care of it, but he's going to do it better than you can do it on your own. So just let God take care of it. So my conclusion, I want you to say this with me. I have favor with God. I have favor with man. I have a good understanding. The blessing of the Lord is on my life. I have supernatural favor. I have supernatural protection. The, the generation after me has supernatural favor. They have supernatural protection. I'm going to let God take care of it. Amen. Awesome. Well, Heather's going to come up right now. Thank you for listening to the Karis Christian Center podcast. If you would like to receive prayer, product, or more information about the ministry, go to www.karischristiancenter.com or call us at 719-418-4000.